But Africans sold slaves too. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Well, I guess what, what I'm saying here is like the exploitation wasn't just in humans. <laughs> That's what white people tell me all the time. Oh, really? Oh, I was never gonna... say anything. Hey, I didn't have so, a follow up yeah. to it. <laughs> he I was like, I don't know where he's coming from with this shit, but uh, okay. I mean, but we take I take it back to Egypt again for that. <laughs> Welcome to the TBA Pod. Here is part three of Sorry to Bother You. Nah, yeah, that's like an excuse of whataboutism. It's um, like you're like talking about slavery, and they're like, "What well, Africans sold the slaves?" So this with this Colton, this mineral that's, that they use in, in cell phones, it's yes. only found in in Congo. Africa in the Congo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 an example of that. You know, Americans or AK AK British are not just stealing uh, uh, slave labor; they're also stealing uh, minerals, resources. Resources, minerals, yeah. Like that, right? Colonizers. All right, so we're going to the party with Steve Lift, who's the CEO of Worry Free. Um, the movie is really getting deep now. We're going up up levels. We're at the top level now. Get to meet Bezos. It's like a, it's like a, a video game where now you're at the you're at the boss. Um, uh, Steve Lift. I thought you were gonna do fucking. What did you do? Acts. You don't got acts for this one. Is this like the fourth act? Or does oh, this one have deliberate? This acts? would be the beginning of the third act. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. I was wondering what what was gonna be what act, but I had a feeling. See, I think I'm I'm getting pretty good film yeah. majored out. I hey, there are three feeling. parts to every film. There really are. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's yeah. three parts. Yeah, three acts. Yeah. Damn, that's crucial. I, I needed to know that. Started with uh, Shakespeare, or it may not start. I thought with there might have been different, more than that. Yep, just three. So, and you can tell usually at the beginning of the third act is when things take a a, a pretty significant turn. So it's turn. introduction body ending or yeah. what it beginning what? Mid, literally beginning beginning middle, middle end. End. Yeah. all right um uh so steve lift says to cassius uh we need people who can be trusted who can analyze the challenge and adapt mm. like a cunning raccoon like a snake like a coon exactly like a snake so maybe some more biblical reference uh or like a tardigrade. You know what a tardigrade is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a weird-ass addition, Oh, though. it's amazing because they survive everything. Yeah, no. Yeah, they're yeah. the OGs. They're like the first org- known organisms or some shit. They're the most, they're the most durable. Durable, right? yeah. Um. So, yeah, <laughs> your boy Squeeze is doing all he can with Detroit. Uh, and they do finally make out. Corey hates that scene. Dude, he wanted to throw throw something at the TV. I wasn't fond of it. No, no. I don't it's like that kind of shit. It's tough to ever. see. Who's the light? Never mind. I'm not going to go down this. You know, yeah. I need counseling around the whole subject. So Steve Lift is with, you know, dozens of women, the pounds, mounds of cocaine. He's killing rhinos and bragging about it. It wasn't even men, too. It just seemed like a b- bunch of people just all on his ass. They were all just ready to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get into that Silicon Valley white CEO uh appropriation which is much more blatant where he's like you know you ever bust a cap i know you can bust a rap like he doesn't rhyme it like that but like I those think are things that he says. shit was from experience Ser- definitely, that just seemed definitely. like some shit that 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 boots had been through for sure because i have been through similar shit for sure I think yeah. most people have and it doesn't necessarily even take it, that can be a lot of white people Especially when you get around drugs and alcohol, they get comfortable. They start mm-hmm. to say stuff like mm-hmm. that. People who aren't used to being in that environment, yep. and then they all of a sudden find themselves, and they're just like, "Man, this is like this is like a rap video." Hey, man, bust a rap! Oh my god! Oh and yeah, it was just so much to it that it was just like you—you you definitely lived this life. 
because it was just this nuance to it. You lived like, that life. I was just like, rat, rat, rat. Well, they're not necessarily oh, saying man. that, but you can find yourself in certain crowds. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, they don't realize how fucking wild they're being right now. That like, was the most realistic, cringy cringe. scene, dude. Because it's Real so realistic cringe. and it's so common. And uh, yeah, man. <laughs> rap, 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 rap. Dude, I was just like, so he can't rap, and he ends up, <laughs> he ends up using that, just repeating that expression that they start, I that they start saying. So, Lakeith Stanfield as a human being is so interesting, and he, he killed is, this fucking role. He's he's one of the best artists alive, in my opinion. For somebody to play not being able to rap. He fucking killed that shit. That's not as easy as it sounds, you know what I mean? But he was up there and he was just like, he looked like a dude who just had not been around that. He just couldn't rap for whatever reason. And then he was just like, nigga shit, nigga shit. (laughs) And then... Oh, it's and amazing. It's so shit. funny. It's so funny. It's the, so, re- so real, too. So real. It's so real. Because that's think, what they want. That's what they want. They don't really want rap. They don't want you to be abomatomically, philosophically, right. you know what I mean? And just be dropping some dope-ass lyrical knowledge. They want to see uh, some nigga shit. <laughs> well, the truly, the, I think the, the white people who are exposed to different cultures at a young age, they love Wu Tang the most. They no, love for sure. The most. You know, they. So, no, I'm talking about the people in this yeah, crowd yeah, right. that have never been around that shit, and, right. and they fucking they they're the reasons why there are billionaires. You know what I mean? Those people that were in that fucking room, there are so many of those fucking people, and they're the real reason. That's why I'm not a burner because burners are always talking about the top half of the top one percent. And I'm talking about the 85 fucking percent of motherfuckers that want to be the top half of the top 1%. Woo. And that's how you keep them there. Wow. It's yeah. because you want all those people in the room wanted to be fucking Army Tiger, whatever the fuck his name was. Army Hammer. Army Hammer. And so they were willing to go along. And that's how you become rap, rap, right. rap. You become this oh abusively God. racist motherfucker because you don't even know the abuse that you're doing and for it, one it's such a big part of white culture modern white culture is that right there that snapshot like that's filling up new york skyscrapers and bay area sky like it's been houses it's filling it up Takashi 69 <laughs> i mean i guess that's a little bit different but it's that yeah. same type of culture of just like nigga shit you know what i mean yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah. like now now it's evolved past black folks you know, bringing white folks in the hood and being these caricatures of surviving in the ghetto. You know, what I mean, that's what that's what these rap stars really are, are characters of people who are selling drugs and doing all this crazy shit to survive right. in, a, in, the, in the worst environments of a capitalist society. And then so then you get past that and it evolves into now let's have little dude is actually like Mexican or something Spanish yeah. six nine but he he passes as white you know what I mean and that's why you get you, your little pumps and little zans and all these other little motherfuckers so that's the next step is like now let's get some little white kids doing a bunch of nigga shit you know what I mean and so dude but I'm gonna bring a potentially very depressing point do it are Kendrick and Cole not also caricatures of that of the um the drug dealer that goes through the hardship. I forget exactly how you just uh, phrased it. No, because especially Ken. No, I don't think either one. Yeah, because they don't really come from that. 
I did this and I came here. Like Kendrick, Kendrick tells crazy stories from Compton. Not that he was music. selling drugs. No, okay. I've never heard a Kendrick song that he said he was selling drugs. I heard him talk about getting Just being beat around up. it. He he went to go hook up with a girl like that was that Good Kid, Mad City album is just yeah. basically about this time where he <laughs> went to go hook up with a girl and got beat up and jumped, and then he went with his homies to go get revenge, but he didn't really want to get revenge, and his homies went and got revenge and they got shot up. Yeah. And For so, you know, I mean, I it didn't seem like a, a character. It seemed like his seemed like both of them seemed more like accurate depictions. Okay. Whereas when you get the baby, little baby and, right. you know, these types there and, and Gunna or whoever, they're the Migos. They're all these kingpins yeah. you know what i mean and so yeah. that's like more of a character like i got the drip i got all the diamonds i got all yeah. the girls and i got all of this whereas like with kendrick and cole they're like like cole's last song one of his last songs he's like man people be thinking i'm hella smart because i got a college degree they, they trip they tripping i'm not that <laughs> smart bro i'm fucking do this and that da, 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 da. and so i really feel like they're way more authentic where the other guys they have their moments of authenticity right. but for the most part what is selling of them is the fact that they're willing to portray this characterism right. of the, the the ghetto kingpin or whatever. Like you can be this guy if you keep because there's there's so many people selling drugs in the hood, but they're just getting weed money, shoe money. You yeah. know what I mean? They're maybe getting rent money. Right. You know what I mean? That's the majority, and the majority of them are going to jail too. You know right. what I mean? They getting they spending every summer, they spending every Christmas missing babies' birthdays and all this shit. That's the reality of it. But then you got these guys portraying this ideal of this guy who is one in a million and not and, and most likely just mythical mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're really not that guy especially the way they're portraying it like they're still that guy like mm -hmm. whether they were that guy to an extent and then they started rapping i don't know but but the way they're portraying it is yeah i'm this dude and i'm selling keys and i'm rapping about it and i'm right. and there's kids going to jail yeah. And all kind of shit, just trying to emulate that type of shit, thinking that Drink that's lean. just because they think that that's a way that they can survive. They're just trying to survive and don't know no better. And then you got ooh, you got people, I won't say who, who predominantly those people are, but they're <laughs> selling them this myth in these characters or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think they're totally myths and caricatures, not not actual depictions. And, and the Kendricks and Coles. Are, are like the antithesis, you know what I mean? Because right. they kind of show you how those, what happens to those characters. Like in Good Kid, Mad City, when they're like, we gonna get back at those dudes that jumped you, mm -hmm. and they get shot in the process, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. he has the grandma talking to him about, you know what I mean, what's going on? This ain't gonna work for y'all, y'all need, and that's the reality of, of ghetto life, you know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. you got the ghetto kids that don't know no better, and they just trying to get revenge and, and do what's right, and they and if they lucky they might have a grandmother's character to drop a couple seeds on them and hopefully they have enough time for those seeds to grow. Uh, I love that you absolutely annihilated my uh, Kendrick Cole uh, <laughs> example. Thank you, <laughs> Young Rambler strikes again. That was great. Uh, the last thing I guess I'll say about that scene where he's rapping and the crowd's going along with it is just that like the white the the wealthy or the well off comfortable white desire for blackness. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I think we've all, we've kind of talked about that a little bit mm -hmm. already. Um, it's a thing. It's just a thing. <laughs> it's it's a, a huge thing. It's a way of tapping into that 
for lack of a better phrase, that guilt. Yeah. It's the unconscious guilt and it's like a way of dealing with it, a way of being like, you know, I I don't hate you. And so people don't realize you could be racist as hell and not hate black people. By the way, I was going to say, by the way, we're kind of talking about white liberals right now. Like the Silicon mm-hmm. Valley white people are usually liberals. I mean, mm-hmm. some, I mean, there are oh, yes. a lot who aren't, but that's like, yeah. Yeah, the tech. Like, the white tech conservatives is, usually don't don't pretend and don't try it. They don't no, like black culture no. at all. Yeah. No. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point of just like how mm-hmm. they just nigga shit. They just were so quick and ready to just be. Those are the liberals. Those shit. are the liberals. Those are the, the liberals. Movie. Yeah. Wow. This might be the greatest podcast ever recorded. <laughs> A quick plug for the Twitter and Medium All Sweet Collection pages. You can read essays and blogs over on Medium. It's at allsweetcollection.medium.com. Join us on Twitter at All Sweet Collect for completely unfiltered reviews and opinions. Now back to the show. So Mr. Blank comes through. He's got Coke on his nose. He uses his real voice for the first time. With I didn't notice the coke on his nose, but yeah, I do oh, remember yeah. when he used his real voice. Um, and he gives him direction to like you know the secret room where uh, Steve Lift is, who wants to talk to Cash. Um, this quote that that Mr. Blank says, I think it ties into that other one that Squeeze says at the end. Um, he says, "We don't cry about the shit that should be; we just thrive on what is." Mm-hmm. He says, "This could be big." Don't do that thing where you fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Don't do that thing you do. He's like, that what thing? thing? That He's thing, like, where you fuck thing. it up. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot to unpack there. Lots to unpack there, dude. Because he's this, the character that Hardwick plays, no name, he, that's deep. That's a deep ass character because he is the one that wants to go all the way. And he is no, he is knowingly. The whole time, just been selling his soul and just blinded right. his 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 eye right. to to all that is right. <laughs> blinded his left eye. Yeah. He's blinded himself to all that is right and taken away his whole identity in order to become what they're handing over to Cassius. But he is so invested in it happening that he's glad to see Cassius getting yeah. getting it. You know, what I mean, I think that shit is. They're That's also, a deep love right there, man. And there are also some not-so-subtle scenes at the party where Steve Lift is, like, just pushing Mr. Blank out of the way, treating him like like a nobody, uh-huh. you know? And, like, so he's at the top, Mr. Blank, but mm-hmm. he has to endure that humiliation from the top still. Um, he, that's that whole uh, erasing his identity and just ignoring the abuse, you know what I mean, the racism. Yeah. Um, let's see. So when when he when he's telling Cash about like you know don't do that thing where you fuck it up, the the note I wrote down is that there's, I think sometimes there's like an impulse to self destruct once success is achieved with some people like self sabotage for sure right and just what what a fascinating human impulse it's like it's almost like when you know that what you're doing is is not the right exactly. thing exactly so you're like conflict exactly. but you're but you're but your your actions are working your way toward that thing there's two sides of it too because sometimes we sabotage out of subconscious understanding and then other times it's just out of fear of the unknown or just yeah. fear of, yeah. of different type of things you fear know the unknown is mean? a great way to put it I think yeah. hmm. 
So Cash uh, goes into Steve's office. Uh, Steve wants him to work for Worry Free. He gives him a big old circular, or it's like a um, with the the, the cocaine is lined up like a. Uh, what am I thinking? What word am I thinking of? It goes like spiral. a spiral. A spiral. Some big ass fucking lines. God damn, know, that dude. should look like death. <laughs> uh, Cash goes to the bathroom, goes in the wrong door, where he finds the horseman, also called the uh, Equa Sapiens. Poorly, uh, poorly restrained. <laughs> yeah. Do uh, whatever you call that when you put shit away. <laughs> this this is technically the first time that surrealism is introduced into the film. Um, um so it really can it there's really like in the background there's a couple things like in the background of the one scene i guess it's like his first day when he's working there's that office where the dudes are like fixing the copier and there's like all kind of papers and shit flying out hmm. of the fucking did you not catch I that think I missed that, yeah. so yeah that was a, a, a little fucking okay. awkwardness but yeah for the yeah. most part for the most direct for sure um yeah i mean you could even call it, this is where science fiction comes into the store yes um uh, so Cash comes back. He's obviously, you know, out of his mind, freaked out and paranoid, um, and uh, obviously, rightfully so. Um, but uh, Steve sits him down to watch this video that he's going to show him. The video starts with uh, kind of apes cracking coconuts on trees, uh, talking about the use of tools. Um, tools are extensions of the appendages of which we were born. Um, that shit was such a weak ass argument. Well, let me real quick. I'll finish. I'll fin I wrote down a few things on that video. Uh -huh. uh, 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 humans have modified ourselves throughout history. We train ourselves to fight. We work out. We study. Uh, but human labor has its limitations. This, these were kind of the messages of the video. And then scientists come in and create Equisapiens, which are horse people, which are slaves that can just that are just stronger and can get more done. Um, uh, Steve Lift uh, makes a proposal to Cash at gunpoint. Um, Gun-ish point. Yeah. Well, I think he holds it on him at one point when he's trying to like get out of there or something. He doesn't let him leave. Okay. Um, and he's making him an offer. And like, you know, here's a five-year, $100 million contract to become the Martin Luther King Jr. of the Equisapiens. Uh, a quote-unquote false leader. So Boots saying something about MLK right there. I know I'm talking a lot right now, but um, did you catch that? Or am I going too fast here? <laughs> no, I caught it. Yeah, yeah. that reminded. I had, we touched on that when we watched uh, Selma. Right. I was talking about that about that being that train of thought for some people. Yeah, and just and also me just kind of learning about that narrative, not really knowing much about it, and it still was interesting to see Boots drop that quick. One of the thousand quick things. Yeah, I would, I would like to pick his brain on you know his his train of thought in that whole area, right? Because that's something I definitely have found interesting and don't really have the the facts to really form an opinion either way. Um, yeah, Bo Boots would have been a good uh, guest on the on the other pods that we did. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, if we can get him, if you're um, listening. So with this whole thing, where you know Cash is being offered this contract and he's terrified because of what he just saw and like just so much happening in him and so much anger and confusion and um coke. fear and cocaine <laughs> and it made me think of and meanwhile you know lift is just totally calm and in control kicking back in his care or chair offering giving this offer it just made me think of that like black paranoia 
juxtaposed with white calmness, you know, and that's kind of what's talked about with the voice at the beginning, using the white voice is that calm kind of, and it just, it just made me, it just made me angry and kind of sympathetic to, to that, and that, that maybe that, the feeling of, of paranoia or fear or rage around white calmness, um, do you have any feelings on that? That's deep as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got viscerally like ups- up- upset in a sympathetic way for Cassius there. Like, he's so paranoid and confused. And it's just like, ah, that's, not, that's not paranoid, though. That's fucking it's, literal. That's like, paranoid is unjust fear or right. whatever. But yeah, that's justified. He just I, saw I, a it, fucking. It may be able to, you may, it may apply to both. But I, I, that's good that you made that distinction. Right, justified fear and rage and confusion. I mean, can paranoia be justified? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I did get an English degree, and I don't know, so I'm the idiot here. But uh, hey, just points uh, to how about black confusion? excellence and white mediocrity. Confusion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, true. Facts. Facts. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Uh best podcast ever <laughs> so with that offer that 100 million dollar contract yes um uh and it was on like a fucking construction paper written in crayon <laughs> i don't know what that says he's just making fun of ceos that went over my head he's making fun of ceos um, no nah, because they do that shit too though they fucking yeah. i've heard of shit like that happening where they fucking write these contracts out on fucking napkins and shit and they be worth millions for sure for sure the, the fact that he made it cartoonish, I think, it was was his shot at like, the, the. No, I wasn't him. trying to disqualify your point. I was just saying. <laughs> okay, um, so part of the deal is that there is supposedly a serum um, that ca- that any Equisapien can take that will return them oh, back to the a human. Oh, the reversal serum, yeah. Uh, Cash is obviously a skeptic. Did we talk of about that. the serum to actually turn you to an Equisapien? Um, I just think we might have skipped over. Well, that. we just we talked about the video. Um, okay. and, but yeah, it's something you snort. Um, so that he was worried, Cash was worried that the cocaine he had did. actually took it. Yeah, right. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, whether the serum exists is never. I'm led to believe that that's a lie. I think he's mm-hmm. lying about mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and Cash just also thinks so. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's not trustworthy of that. Um, Lyft says, you know, he says, sleep on it, then holler at your boy. <laughs> that's what Steve Lyft says to Cash's. Mm-hmm. Cash calls the San Francisco Chronicle um, to report the story to them. He doesn't have the video evidence yet, which he gets in a minute. Um, they just hang up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he says something first. He like asks yeah, him if he's sad. somebody. He's like, yeah, he, he asks he's him like if he's a Greg? name. Yeah, exactly. He's like, is that you, Bill, or whoever, whatever Did fucking name he says? And then he's like. No, man, blah, blah, blah. and then that's when he hangs up. Yeah. So like he was in, he knew what was up. Dude from the paper knew oh, what was up. Oh, plenty of other people already come. To, okay. So he, oh shit, but yeah, he knew what was cracking, and then he was like, "Oh, oh you're not one of the people that knows what's up." So I'm, he's talking about like here. one of the white whistleblowers for that company already. Like, there are already people within the company that obviously know about this that work for the company. Yeah, that but that's not a whistleblower though. Dude was like a. I don't know what you call that. He was in. He was part of the fucking. Gotcha. Fuck. He was part of the fucks. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> part of the fuck. <laughs> um. So Cash does get video of the Equisapiens. 
Back with Sapiens get video of themselves. Yeah. Well, yo, yeah, they sent it. They sent it to his phone. girlfriend. They sent yeah. it to Detroit. He just loses his phone. Right. And he's like, I don't know where my phone is. Good point. And then she's like, well, you sent me a booty call in the middle of the night. And then he's like, well, let me see what I said. <laughs> um, the the Equisapiens are screaming we're hurting the whole time. I, that, that's an important part of it because Steve Lifts fails to mention that part. Never acknowledges that at all. Right. Um, which is so typical of like probably the, the the slave owner in the in the 19th century or 18th or 17th of like sugarcoating the description of their plantation and the quote unquote people who work for him them and you know that shit hit deep. I couldn't even fucking imagine how motherfuckers were just living at that point too, just walking around with fucking slaves and shit. It's so surreal, isn't it? That's it's literally crazy. impossible to imagine. It. That's crazy. Um. Uh, Lyft is becomes a sort of Doctor Frankenstein, where he's creating you know Frankenstein's monster. Um, that's really important for the very Frankenstein very is the monster. People, people, <laughs> if you've never read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, <laughs> the Doctor is the monster. The creature is the hero. Continue. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. That 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 point especially comes true on the very very last scene in the film, which I don't even want to spoil the last two scenes of this. Don't film. do it. Um, Alright. Well maybe we might change our mind. We'll see. I didn't I didn't commit to this idea, <laughs> but I'm open to it for now. Fine, we can always get spoiled. I'm open to it for now. Um so Detroit sees the video of the Equisapiens, so she, now she knows what's I mean, up. There's definitely been spoilers, but I continue. Oh I'll yeah. Digress. Well we're describing the entire film yes. with these podcasts. Yes, we might as well Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know though. We'll You're see. right. We'll no, see. we're literally doing a deep dive of this, a deep, deep analytical and dive. We'll of just these leave films. the last part out. All right. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Page seven. Right on cue. Detroit sleeps with Cash one more time, even though they're not together. This is that scene was one of the most real scenes in the film for me personally. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it she, happens. She's Ladies. not going to go back with them, uh, even though he's trying to tell her that. Yes, I have obviously changed um, after what I've learned, but her, her deal was that, oh yeah, so she says, only something happening to you, being exposed to the, the true kind of underbelly of what's going on, turned you against them. So you were fine with it until you saw the actual belly of the beast, all the way up until then. Until he thought he was a fucking horse. Right, right. He literally did not change his mind until after he thought he might have been turned into one of the slaves it's a really dynamic scene and moment and like you know what the it's it's a really it's a, it's a great kind of um like summary of, of his character up until that point um you know he says you know i know they view me as one of their creatures to control and manipulate he says that and you know that's as a high level employee you know someone's gonna be making a hundred million dollars for five years you know that is your like your nba player like i was saying like you know even if you're in the bins you're still a nigga in a coop there you go. Shout out Kanye. <laughs> I'm not voting for your ass, though. <laughs> oh, God. We could have brought him up with this pod, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she tells him that she hooked up with someone else, uh, reminds him that they're over and they shouldn't mess around. She asks him if he wants to know who it was that she hooked up with. He says no. Also, a very real scene that I uh, related to. Um <laughs> 
I feel that shit though. This no, is I can my, relate this is to my that relationship, shit. bro. That's the one part I can relate to is just being with a chick. Then y'all kind of go your own ways or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you come back, and you just want to know, but you fucking don't. Oh, I don't. I never want to know. Wanna know. My I, whole emo is I genuinely I don't. don't. My whole spirit doesn't want to know what my mind does. See, I'm fortunate. My I'm 100. I don't want to know. Oh, I'm definitely not 100. Okay. Because my thing is, I'm not trying to be all boot up and all day, and then walk past. Somebody that was smashing on something and just not even have the slightest clue. He all up here squeezing up on you. They all like, hey, how's it been? How you been? You, 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 and dude you, used to be blowing the back out. You, you know, I need to that? know. You know, gets me over that. I need to know. It's being, it's not being hypocritical because I'm out here. Oh, I'm doing critical as fuck. Okay, okay. Yeah, that is hypocrite. That is hypocrite. But you know how freeing it is to mm-hmm. to say to genuinely nope. lose jealousy nope. and 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 an entitleship to I have a woman. No clue. Oh, it's tell beautiful. me all about it. It is the best thing ever. I, I seriously sounds feel like amazing. I feel like I'm at. That's why I feel like my life is so good. Is a large part because of that. That genuine. It took decades of work to get there, but to really feel a genuine like. You know, a woman having sex with someone, a woman who I love, does not hurt me. It does not, Jeez. you know. I used to, I used, this was crazy, is I used to be there when I was younger. Interesting. Like, when I was in, like, my 20s and shit, I was all about that shit. And I ended up getting, like, a relationship based around that whole idea of just being like, man, I'm not even tripping on that whole thing. But at some point, somewhere, somehow, some way, I'm mad possessive when it comes to that type of shit mm. or whatever word you want to call it. And yeah, just other dudes blowing the back out. I'm just not, I'm not fond of it. Now that said, the reason I think I feel okay with this is because I'm also doing the same thing with, with, with other women. So that's where, that's Even if where I'm the doing real... the same thing. I think that makes it worse. I think that makes it worse. But we're talking so about after a breakup. Like, we're talking about after a breakup. So if I'm broke up and I'm blowing the back out. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I was actually getting down to it. I'm like, damn, somebody was blowing that work I was putting in on somebody else. Was Somebody was putting that in on you. I'm not with that. I'm so Look, not with that. I hope it. that we can continue this dialogue throughout Let's podcast. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Earring alert. Earring alert. What did it say? Tell Homeland Security we are the bomb. I love it. Fuck Homeland Security. Fuck ICE. That earrings is probably the weakest of. It's between that what? and the rag. What? That's an anti-Homeland Security earring. Between that's that the best and the rag, one. the the cliche was kind of. It, it was. It it, it could have used a little less water. Hey, I like what you did there, Boots. Corey doesn't, but I do. Who knows? Boots wrote that. They could have <laughs> got that from somebody. Hey. I wonder who was banging out them earrings though in production though. Bro. They have a cola and a smile. Bitch is adopted by the actual cola company part of their marketing campaign you got the afros everybody's wearing with the coke can uh in the afro you got uh you know the the kindergartners dressing up for it for halloween capitalize capitalize on slogans for sure i thought it was mad interesting so that shit was wrote another another before it's time thing was that whole situation and then they had the fucking commercial with the other cola company pepsi where the girl's like walking up and gives them Kendall the can Jenner. or whatever. Was yeah. it Kendall Jenner? It's Kendall Jenner, yeah. Oh, man. You should yeah. be a rapper. Have you ever tried that? <laughs> rap, 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 <laughs> rap. <laughs> well, you haven't heard my records? I got a ton of records. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Well, I'll send you the SoundCloud link. Um, Cash goes on. Okay, so 
Why would you want to talk about rapping? No. <laughs> <laughs> want me to show you some beats out of this? Podcast? You got some beats? Oh, man. You got beats? Oh, man. I got a new album. Anyways, uh, Cash goes on to show this clip uh, to the entire country. He goes, well, okay. He first goes on this show, which is a show that's shown throughout the, the movie. Um, it's like, oh, get, get the shit beat out of here or something like that. Some that to get the title of the show. was like the idiocracy version of ridiculousness. Have yeah. you ever seen that show? Yeah, of course. So it's like, man, I totally vibe with that whole point. I don't know what point he was making, but it made a point that I vibe Mass with around yeah. fucking that whole physical comedy thing of like fails. Right. That's what they call them. So they call it fails. And then people just be getting jacked up. It's human, it's human nature. Like... Uh, I think the best of us, the most morally sound of us, can be succumbed into watching, going down rabbit holes, watching stuff like that. I, I mean, if you don't, that's, I think that speaks highly of your, of your, yeah, man, I, of who you are. I, I get caught in that rock stuff. with it to an extent, but I don't to a large extent. Like, I'm not proud of it. I just, I get caught up in it. I sometimes. actually just get revolted a lot of the time by a lot of that shit. Like, I have this interesting empath like visual empath thing of like f- like not feeling it but having a nervous reaction to people ha- having catastrophic events yeah so if somebody like falls on their face really hard oh i like have a nervous reaction and i'm just like same oh, here uh, so it's not really funny to me it's mad uncomfortable i get weak in the knees and same like here. all kind of weird shit like that let me so i guess let me rephrase i think the moments when i go down those rabbit holes i'm feeling very dark about myself so it's like it's it's like a it's something to help me kind of balance out that. Those, those are when I'm at my darkest. I'll go on these like, you know, watching people get hurt. That's <laughs> fucking interesting, man. I never yeah. thought about it that fucking deep, but I've always wondered, like, man, how do people watch this shit? Because yeah, that should have come across my feed, yeah. and it was like, swam, bam, snap, yeah. crack. I just be like, ah, I don't even. And then I got this other thing where I'm like, energy attraction. So like, I try not to think certain thoughts too much and really Mm -hmm. focus on certain ideas too much as to not attract that into my life type situation and so that i have that type of issue with that type of shit as well it's just like i'm not trying to have them type of catastrophic injuries so i'm not even trying to put the (laughs) images in my head to be manifested subconsciously or whatever i i I agree with that too no i'm i'm also like you in that like there's a scene in this movie where Cashes is running and he trips on the pavement uh-huh. and that shit makes me like crazy. Uh-huh. Like I, it really viscerally makes me yep. crazy. So I'm both, I guess, sometimes. Um. That was an interesting thing though. Because he was like, at first when I saw Amari, or Omar, Amari? Amari Hardwick. Mr. Blank? Yeah, Mr. Blank's character. I thought that was Boots. In the oh. hallway, because he had the sideburns or whatever. I was like, oh, he yeah. just gave himself a little cameo. That's cool. <laughs> and then, like, later on, you see, like, no, that's not him. That's, yeah. that's Amari. But, uh, I yeah, I thought it was an interesting cameo of the Murder Dubs in Oakland or whatever, how they just kind of zoomed out. Because it seemed like, I don't know where they shot most of that film, but it, mm. was, it wasn't familiar. And I, I'm pretty familiar with a good bit of Oakland. Hmm. But that one scene was Oakland as fuck. You know what I mean? Because they had Mr. Fab... The dude that pulls up in the car or whatever is like a... Uh, that, was right. yeah, that was Mr. Fab? that was Mr. Fab. I was like, that. hey, man, da, da, da. And he's like the, yeah. the unofficial mayor of <laughs> Oakland or whatever. So yeah. he, so I thought that was a, a cool little whole thing where it was like, it seemed like maybe that might have been the only scene that they actually shot 
actually in Oakland. Gotcha. Where he throws the the co- the, the cola, where he throws the soda at him. Yeah, which is not a can, but still a soda. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna guess that this movie was filmed in L.A. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, so, so Cash just wants to show this clip of the, uh, of the Equisapiens to, to the world. He wants to go on the TV circuit. He's famous because of this Coke and a Smile Bitch video. Like, that's how he, he uses his clout to get on TV. He's, because he's getting millions of views on yeah, that. Yeah, that's what was happening actually in that Oakland scene too, is he, is Mr. Fab is like, oh, you that Coke and Smile dude. He's yeah. like, no, no, that's, that's not me. <laughs> right, like, right, right. That is you. That is Coke. Um, in order to show this clip, though, on this show, this this get beat the hell up show or whatever mm, it's called, mm-hmm. he has to first get beat up and then just dipped like in shit. Get dipped in shit. Then he can show the video. So he does it. Uh, there's some metaphors there, of course. Um, he shows the video. He goes on this whole the whole interview circuit. He goes on a ton of different shows. So like the whole country now has seen these videos. I think we got to touch on that. Yeah. The whole how you got to get your ass beat and dipped in shit to be able to get. Expose I think that touches on like rape culture. Yes. You to be able to I mean? expose the truth. Great point. Great point. So I think that needs to be brought up. Is just me like too. yeah, he he really made a powerful metaphor of like why a lot of people don't come out with their truths whether it be you know what i mean rape culture or racism or just a lot of different things whistleblowers of all different sorts is because in order to do it you've got to be willing to come out and be fucking berated by millions of american assholes you know (laughs) yeah or 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 really systemically crushed exactly yeah the americans are actually probably going to be on more on your side like on twitter well, you know what i'm saying like that's where you think get your there's support. both i think there's both yeah, yeah. Oh, for that, sure. that because for sure. you got your you got sure. your maga hatters or right. whatever right. right and then but yeah that's a very important point too as yeah. well as it's not just the people berating your character and doxing you right. and all that but then also systematically you're you're less likely right. you know what i mean you're gonna have hardships of getting a livelihood but what me too has shown is that even the most powerful can be toppled and that it's using that the the, the publicness of the inter- internet as as a powerful force and so now wine scenes in jail now the you power know, of uniting the voice right. you know what i mean right. so each people each person speaking out creates a, a power you know what i mean where your p- voice by itself is just a strand but it creates momentum for another strand to create another strand and then you got a strong rope but you still got to get beat up and crawl through but shit. there is a lot of ass whooping going to take rose place. rose mcgowan character is kind of assassination to me do you know rose mcgowan the actress she's the one who kind of exposed weinstein or she was new, she was in like scream you'd probably recognize her was that was she in a relationship with uh marilyn manson Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Um. So she has now become, you know, over the last few years with me too. She's like, she's really one of the leaders of exposing the insides. But yeah, I mean, I would follow her on Twitter. It's pretty. It's pretty in, in, incredible. She exposed this director Alexander Payne, who directed Sideways and um, 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 The Descendants and About oh, a, a lot of you know Oscar nominated uh-huh. films that have all white people in them. Uh, by the way. Uh, but he's a really, I mean, that problem aside from his films, uh, he's really a renowned director. He's somebody that I've looked up to as, as a director. When someone that, when he comes out with films, I'm always there to see him. She exposed him. She didn't say the details, she know, but he was 30 years old. She was 15 years old. And she just exposed him last night to the, to the, you know, she knows, she knows what he looks like 
naked. So call it what you may. Uh, she didn't really spare any say any details and say if he actually raped her or just exposed himself to her. Either way, it was an illegal act, I believe, <laughs> from a 30-year-old to a 15-year-old. Yeah, the whole thing, I think, is being going about in a pretty clumsy manner <laughs> as far as the Me Too movement or whatever because it's like it's coming from this place of purity. And when you go on those type of ventures and crusades, no one's no one's left in the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so not to excuse the foul behavior of, of certain individuals because certain individuals are mad foul mm-hmm. and that shit needs to be addressed. But the problem is we all are so drowning in pain. You know, every individual that our ability as a mass <clears throat> or as the masses to really handle these very dynamic issues is pretty archaic and and rem- remedial for lack of a better term mm-hmm. with just uh, uh we're just split, just throwing it up out there and seeing what sticks or exactly yeah. it's very very callous and not strategic not very uh well thought out so these people horrible people but in the long run, we all kind of are horrible people given the proper circumstances. And so then it's like, how do you really address that? And I don't have the answers, but I can see that what we're doing isn't really the answers. It's really just this emotional reaction type thing that really doesn't solve the the problem. You know what I mean? Well, there are different degrees of horrible. Right? Definitely. So definitely. What someone with an immense power does you know sexually with that power raping mm-hmm. um is different than whatever ways that you know the victims are are horrible in their own ways i mean definitely yeah definitely but the, but the way to i think that the thing that gets lost is solutions well i mean that's what i mean but you know things have happened you know people get fired people go to jail they get kind of outed publicly um, and see that's what i mean they lose their job so these things are revenge yeah but what do they solve knowing maybe that it's a deterrent like any law but is it good question i mean it how how much is you know a fear of legal punishment a deterrent for anyone and it's to varying degrees you know people are still going to do what they can get away with of course in some respects but the more you prosecute people in positions of power, I think that has to have at least some effect. Effect, definitely. Yeah. A cure, not so sure. And so yeah. that's where my my point is, not that we're doing it the right or wrong way, but that we're focusing, we're not yeah. focusing on the right things. We're more focusing on revenge and playing this game of being in the right, being in the corner of the right, where we all have kind of shady shit going on in the cuts. Mm-hmm. And then we just going to hide that shit and we're not really going to address yeah. that and really come to the solution to that. And then we're going to look over here and then be like, this dude is fucking filthy, though. Yeah. And then the fact that we got this shit over here makes us more aggressive to point to that shit over there in a way that's more revenge based yeah. than actually solution based. Because if we start coming to solutions, then we might have to solve our own shit, too. You know what I mean? Type situation. Well, you're making a very deep point in that about revenge and solutions and that i think part of shakespeare's thing was that uh, that that revenge can never be a solution i think that's kind of what you're saying 
exactly but that's what we're using as our solutions of like oh this dude is it's our our human impulse for most of us for Mm. all of us to some degree Mm. Mm. and that's a complex thing about being a human